Amen. I uh, <clears throat> I pulled my iPad out for today's message because uh, there are some verses, you know, I'm in seminary and uh, they give us this new revised standard version uh, for most of the work that we have to get done. But I pulled my iPad out because I feel like some verses need to be read in the King James Version. Uh, And my iPad has the King James Version. Uh, If you would, turn to the book of Isaiah, the 40th chapter. The Old Testament major prophet. Isaiah, chapter 40, and when you have it, could you please stand? And it reads as follows. Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not? Neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. book of Isaiah, scholars say, can actually be divided into three parts. Uh, some people have argued that uh, it's actually three different authors, but uh, if not three different authors, at least three people at different times saying what the prophet Isaiah said. Uh, what is considered first Isaiah would be Chapters 1 through 39, which is pretty much a book of judgment for the Hebrew people. Second Isaiah, which is considered chapters 40 through 55, is written towards the end of Babylonian exile. And it's about a promise of deliverance. They're providing consolation that the Israelites will be delivered and get back to their own country. Third Isaiah, which is considered chapters 56 through 66, are written at a time when they're back in Judah. 
the Israelites are back in Judah rebuilding the temple of the God, the temple of their God, our God, everyone's God. And the glory of God is soon coming like that word glory. I'm going to get to that later. And so we have a word of judgment. We have a word of consolation and we have a word of a soon coming king. And isn't that why we come to church sometimes either to hear a word of judgment, a word of consolation or a word about our soon coming king or to hear all three. And that's what's going on here. The people of God are no longer in their land. They've been exiled. They're in Babylonian captivity to the point that they sang songs similar to uh, Psalm 137. How can I sing praises to my God in a strange land? And we might know something about that. Uh, Since the late 1800s, Haven Chapel has been a part of a circuit. And now we're branching out into a, a, a new venture not being part of a circuit. So we can kind of relate to that. But God is still God, whether we are in captivity or whether we're free, whether we're in a circuit or whether we're not in a circuit, whether we've got money or whether we don't have any money, whether we're sick, whether we're well, God is still God, no matter what our present situation is. And that's, that's what this is about. It starts off uh, in Isaiah saying, comfort my people. Speak well to them. Don't talk to them mean, Isaiah. Basically tells them, you know, calm down. Chill out. As the young people say, why you mad? <laughs> it's a lang- and my people is a language of covenant. It's not just a, any old thing. He's letting us know that God is a God that won't go back on his word. He's not a man that he should lie. He's telling them to comfort themselves. Comfort them. Calm down. And that's what everybody I need, I feel needs. I have persons in my life that some of the best advice they've ever given me is calm down. A a, a very good friend of mine by the name of Antoine Arbuckle. I call him sometimes when I've been in my life going through certain things, uh, certain frustrations, a loss here or something like that. And first thing he would tell me is, Johnny, calm down. This is not that bad. This is only a preparation for something that will be even harder to handle. And so if you can't handle this part, if you can't keep it together to that part, why? what makes you think you're going to be able to take take on the bigger challenges? It's just like lifting weights. You start off with lightweight, and once you are able to handle the lightweight, you move on to heavier weight. So he says comfort, calm down. No matter what's going to happen, God's going to see you through it. I I am reminded of the Hebrew boys, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were in the fire, and they had made the fire way hotter than normal, to the point that it was killing the people that were preparing the fire. And when they looked in, and they saw them walking around, and instead of three people being in the fire, it was four. And one of them looked like the Son of God. I took a little issue with that I was a bit confused I was thinking okay why are they walking around in the fire why did the flames just not get wiped away or why didn't they come up out the fire 
But I had to realize sometimes it's better to be in the fire with your Lord than out of the fire on your own. To quote Dr. Sapp, got to take the good thing and the bad thing and put it together and work it for your good. And then he'll take the bad thing and the good thing and put it together and work it for your good. And then he'll take the good thing and the good thing and put it together and work it towards your good. And he'll take the bad thing and the bad thing and put it together and make it work out for your good. That's why the scripture says, for we know that all things work together for the good of God and those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. So it's better to be with God in a situation than without him. Because no matter what happens on the end, he's going to work it out. That's why it goes on further to say that every valley shall be exalted. Every hill and mountain shall be made low. The crooked paces will be made straight and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. So no matter how deep the valley is not deep enough for God to not reach down and pick you up out of it. No matter how high the mountain is not tall enough for the Lord not to reach up and bring you back in. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. I like that word glory. In the Hebrew, it is kabod. K-A-B-O-D. Let the church say kabod. One more time, let the church say kabod. I love that y'all speaking Hebrew now. Kabod. In the Hebrew is a Hebrew word picture that means weight. Literally means the heaviness. So when it's saying that the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, literally it means when you are going through a situation, God's going to show up and throw his weight around. God's going to take it over and can't nobody handle the weight of God. Makes me think about exercising. Y'all pray for your pastor. But a pastor need to lose about 35 pounds. But when pastor was actively lifting weights in his younger days, (coughs) we would measure how strong a person was by what was the maximum number of weights they could lift one time. That was your max. So if your max in, say, the bench press was 285, that meant you could lift 285 pounds one time. You could take it off the bar, land on the bench, bring the weight down, let it touch your chest, and push the weight back up, and then put the weight back on the rack. That was proper lifting. Now, to be honest, when you're lifting that much, lot, that much kind of weight, There's probably a little grunt and a little sweating in there, too, but (laughs) properly lift the weight. Now, if you could not lift 285 pounds and you attempted to get under the weight bench, you might be able to take 285 off of the rack. You might be able to push Bring 285 back down to your chest. 
Now, if you can't, it may stay there. You might even be able to push it partially back up. But the, but the, the, the main point of it is, is if you could not lift it, you would not be able to do the complete motion all in and of itself. But if someone were to walk by at the right time, If someone were to walk by when someone was taking 285 off the rack and kept on walking, it would look like that person could handle the weight. Pardon the cliche. But I stopped by here to tell you that in any situation, it may look like the enemy can handle the weight. They may be able to get it off the rack and get that problem off the rack into your life. And they may be able to bring the problem down to you and touch chest, but they won't be able to get off. The weight of the Lord will be too much for them to handle. That is why the glory of the Lord shall come in. Furthermore, in lifting weights, uh, when you are lifting heavy amounts of weights, you have a person that's called a spotter. It is the spotter's job to keep you from failing. It is a spotter's job to make sure you won't hurt yourself while you lifting these weights. The spotter stands right over you. And when you lift the weight and the weight becomes too much, it's the spotter's job to come lift that weight up off of you. In the times that I lifted weights, I never really needed a spot, so to speak. But I needed the spot. I just did not know it. When I would get onto the bench press and begin to start lifting heavy weight, I would bring it down and I would not be able to just bring it all the way up. And the spotter, instead of coming over and screaming, everybody help Johnny, something going on, he dropped it. All the spotter would do, tap the weight. And that, Light little tap will be just the tap I needed to continue to push the weight. Didn't have to lift it all the way up for me. Just a little tap. And that little tap was all I needed. Sometimes that little tap can be my God shall supply all my needs. Sometimes that little tap can be no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Sometimes that that little tap can be the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It's a little tap. It's enough to know that he's there and he's watching you and the Lord is watching you and is able to help you handle the weight. So the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and no one will be able to handle the weight of the Lord when he decides to step into the problem. And even if he does not step in on your timing, it's still God's timing and it'll still be all right. And it says that all people are like grass and the grass withers and the flowers fade. But the word of the Lord is forever. I don't know about you, but I've never seen grass get too big. Sooner or later, grass gets cut down. And even if it doesn't get cut down, when its season is up, it dies. And that's what all these enemies are to the Lord. They're like grass. They get cut. They fall. The the grass withers and the flowers fades, but the word of God stands forever. The grass withers and the flowers fade, 
But Jesus is forever. I'm still in the Bible. It says that the word of God is forever. I watched uh, Russell Simmons, hip hop mogul, owned Island Def Jam companies, bought it and sold it back several times, made hundreds of hundreds of millions of dollars being able to pick out the next best rapper or the next best R&B singer. He was being interviewed by a uh, radio personality, an on-air personality, someone whose job it is to play music. Now, Russell Simmons, the man who is a hundred millionaire off of music, talking to an on-air personality whose job it is to pay mu- play music, rather, asked him a simple question. He said, name the top five songs from last year. I'll wait. Nobody in the studio could do it on there. He said, okay, six months. Six months, a year, okay, I'll wait. That'll preach. You have music that is... is uh, will be old in months. It's not lasting. But the fact still remains that 2,000 years ago, someone came and hung, bled, and died for us and rose again with all power in his hand. That lasts. Only the things you do for Christ will last. Everything else is being recycled. It's, it's nothing new under the sun. I once read that um, psychologists determined the average person only has two original thoughts in their entire lifetime. You may think something that you never thought before, but somebody else on this planet thought that as well. Two original thoughts. But we have people going around thinking they uh, invented things. Uh, It's a rapper out there by the name of Drake right now. And uh, I I think he's a nice rapper. He all right. (laughs) I I, I like a couple other ones way better than him. Uh, He's currently beefing meaning he's an urban English vernacular. He is in an argument slash disagreement with another person. Uh, Well, several people, one of them being Common, another rapper, uh, forgetting somebody, Ludacris, and uh, somebody else. It's a producer. It's not important. Long story short, Drake, new rapper on the scene, does not like these other rappers out there because... In his words, they are biting his style. <laughs> Says in one rap, uh, I, I swear they still in my flows because I swear I never loaned them. <laughs> and some of the more established rap artists, common, ludicrous, have started taking issue with that because he didn't invent his style. <laughs> Drake did not invent rap. Drake did not invent rhyming to a beat. 
Drake did not invent any of that. Matter of fact, his style is copied. Big Daddy Kane. <clears throat> but anyway, he's here saying that, and that ties back into the word of God is the only thing that is forever. These raps are being recycled. Everybody's biting off everybody else and making millions of dollars doing it. Uh, but that the word of God is forever. I was telling my wife on the way in that uh, last time I came down here, I stopped at the gas station right off of uh, 35 and 288. I think it's Bucky's. And uh, there was a uh, there was a convoy of soldiers that stopped at the uh, Bucky's as well. <clears throat> excuse me, as well to get some gas. And I told her it was the most amazing thing I'd seen because when they stopped to get the gas and they were walking in just picking up snacks and juices and everything for the road, people were walking up to them, thanking them for their service. Thank you for your service. Young kids was walking up, talking, touching them. Ooh, I touched them. Kids was asking for their autographs. And I thought that warmed my heart because we get so caught up on things that don't matter and, and uh, celebrities, people who have reality TV shows, they popular, but then you have someone who's actually willing to put their life on the line for you. And a lot of times they go places and get disrespected and they are willing to put their life on the line for you. So to take it one step further, how do we treat the person who did put their life on the line for us? It's all about priorities. The word of God, Jesus, is forever. We go to John 1 and 1, and it says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. Slide on down to verse 14, and it says that the word became flesh and dwelled among us. And going to Hebrews 4 and 12, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And then in uh, Revelations 19, 13, says and he'd been clothed in a garment dipped in blood and his name was the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. Right there in the Old Testament. The word of God is forever. So Jesus is concealed in the Old Testament, but revealed in the new. And says he'll feed his flock like a shepherd. What does a shepherd do? A shepherd protects, guides, and guards. And tells us in Matthew 10 and 29 through 31 that even though we have sparrows out here and sparrows don't go without food. And aren't we more important than sparrows? So he'll be able to take care of us, guard us, guide us, protect us like a shepherd. That's why the word says the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want you never leave the righteous forsaken or his seed bring. As long as we are with God, no matter how hard the situation seems, the Lord is going to take care of us. It may not take care of us to our liking. But, I mean, if we were able to do it, we would not need God. Quoting the line from the song in my last sermon, if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know God could solve them. We have to know that he will protect us and guide us. 
goes on to say that all nations before him are nothing and they are counted them less as nothing. To whom do we liken God and whose likeness will we compare to him? Nobody's going to help God. Can't nobody offer God assistance. Nobody's going to say, oh, watch out, God, I got it. No problem. I'm going to take care of this. No, he's God all by himself. A God who came from nothing, stepped out onto nothing, made something out of nothing, hung it on nothing, called it the earth and told it to stay there, according to Job 27. It's that kind of God, God by, all by himself that hung the moon and the stars and the one who gives us our every breath knows how many hairs we have on our head. He's God all by himself. Can't nobody offer him no assistance. And because he's that God, because he's that big, that's why he says that he gives us power to the faint and to them who have no might. He increaseth strength. So just when we think that we can't go any further, God is there to push us further. Haven't you heard? Don't you know that he's everlasting to everlasting? I remember talking to one of my seminary classmates and we were talking about the term everlasting. Everlasting is 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 bigger than infinite mathematically and infinite is pretty big. He's he's a he's a math teacher going to seminary and we had gotten to a discussion and and just on the word everlasting, it's there's no end. Infinite really is only as big as you can count. But you can always keep counting, but everlasting is bigger. There's no searching for that kind of understanding to understand something bigger than infinite. It's God all by himself, the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. He giveth power to the faint. No matter what's going on, he's got power. No matter what's going on, when you're trying to handle the weight, he will increase your strength. Something interesting about increasing strength is when you lift weights, you are actually tearing your muscles. And then the muscles repair themselves stronger. That's why you're usually sore after exercise and you're supposed to take a day off and exercise every other day. But you're tearing it. And I think about that increase of strength. If I want to get stronger, I may have to tear something. Something may have to hurt. I may have to lose something. I may have to lose that bad habit. I may have to lose that friend. But if I'm a increased strength, it's a process. I don't say I want to be stronger and then just stand around the gym and get stronger. No, I'm going to have to do something about it. And so to them who have no might, he increaseth strength. And even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and mount up with wings as eagles. Something I learned about eagles is nobody flies high as eagles. Eagles have been spotted as high as 20,000 feet in the air. And eagles get pestered by crows. Crows try to pick on them. Crows try to follow them. 
Squawk at them. Imitate them. Mess with them. The eagle does not have to fight the crow. The eagle just goes higher. It goes above petty people and fickle family members and fake friends and your jobs. And it just goes higher. Lord has new levels for you to go above and beyond what you thought or whatever you could think and imagine. And then it says you'll run and not grow weary. It's not time to stop. You got to keep running. You keep running as long as you are alive. The Bible says I shall not die, but I shall live to declare the works of the Lord. For he must reign until every enemy is under his feet. And the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. And we will reign for him forever. So as long as you are still alive, you still need to run. Run and not grow weary. There are businesses in you. There is health in you. There is salvation. There's plans in you. Eyes have not seen what God has for you. So just keep running, child of God. And if you can't run, just walk it out. Walk and not faint. You're still moving forward. You're still getting plans done for God. You are still able to go on, Christian soldier. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come.